Welcome to All Turns and No Breaks with Tam and Renee. This isn't an ordinary show. This is NASCAR Talk for fans by fans. Hey NASCAR fans, welcome back to another episode of All Turns No Breaks with Tam and Renee. I am Renee, she is Tam. Hey, hey. Hey, 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 Tam. <laughs> How's the weekend treating you? You already know how the weekend went for me. It was all about NASCAR. I didn't go to the track on Friday, although my intentions were to go on Friday. I just realized, I was like, is this going to be a long weekend? So I better only go on Saturday and Sunday. So I drove down to Fontana. And for those of you, our listeners, I'm sure you guys know we're in Hollywood in Los Angeles. NASCAR was still west in Fontana. So Fontana is probably about 60 miles or so. Yeah, not that far. Yeah. Traffic is horrible and it makes it seem like it's far. Yeah. So it's about 60 miles from me. You're a little closer because you're in Burbank, but I'm literally in Los Angeles. So I drove down to the track on Saturday. And well, actually, prior to that, I met with someone from NASCAR to talk a little business. And then I drove from that brunch meeting straight to Fontana to the Xfinity race and mainly I went to pick up my credential because I knew there it was going to be a little bit crazy on Sunday so I went down there hung out at the Xfinity race and then I actually left the Xfinity race in Fontana and from Fontana I hopped back on the highway and went to Irwindale for the K&N series race. So this was, was actually my pretty interesting. We um, had an opportunity to hang out with Jesse, who is one of the drivers in that series. And his partner is Sean Merriman, who used to play NFL. So it was really cool hanging out with them prior to the race. And during the race, I got an opportunity to hang out in the suite. And yes, they do have suites at the KNS races with a few folks. So it definitely was a really, really great experience. I kind of now can put it together why like old school NASCAR fans like the lower level racing versus Cup Series because it's almost like pure racing. Yeah. You know, maybe comparable to some of the dirt tracks because it's not all the politics and the extras. It's just straight racing. One thing I will say, Renee, what I found interesting, there was a driver and I was like, oh my God, he looks like he's 12. And one of the guys who works for NASCAR was like, yeah, I think he's probably 14, maybe 15. Wow. And I was like, 15? And he was like, yeah, I think he's 15. It's was like, there, there are a lot of drivers around here that are 15. You know, me, they I'm probably like, don't even have a driver's license, huh? Exactly. And they were like, yeah, you don't need a driver's license to drive. Oh That's just crazy to me. And the crazy thing is that they're really good at it, right? Like, they're really good driving. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know what they would be like behind a, the wheel of a real car, but oh my God, it's amazing how good they are. I was impressed because that... 15 or 16, I believe I knew how to drive. I don't quite remember when I learned how to drive, but I do think I was around 16 or so. But I wasn't driving other than my mother. (laughs) At 13, I thought I knew how to drive, but I didn't learn how to drive until I was probably 33. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So how was your weekend, Renee? Because I think you went to a rave. Yes, I went to a um, local rave that was out here. That sounds completely crazy to some of you people. But I went to go see a a few of my uh, favorite DJs on Friday at a local uh, festival that was out here in San Bernardino, California. And it was fantastic. And uh, I think I'm still trying to recover. And that was three and a half days ago. But it was fun. I had an awesome Saturday, just kind of relaxed to get myself ready for none other than Sunday when we went to the Auto Motor Club Speedway in Fontana. And what a wonderful time I had on Sunday. Tam, that was an amazing day of just us being there. And the fact that we're there together, I think, is what really makes it that much more fun because it's like we're all over the place. You know, you're you're all over the place. I'm all over the place. And it's like even if we lose each other, it's like I kind of know where you're going to be at already. (laughs) Yeah, so just to fill you guys in, I got to the race 
early on Sunday. My whole goal is to beat the traffic. So I didn't get there as early as I would like to because my original plan was to get there at 730. So I was there when the garages opened, but I didn't get there quite that early. But, you know, I definitely got there early, early. Renee got there early, but was having a bit of issues with trying to get in and parking and all that because they had the street blocked off and he had to get his credential first and then go park yeah. which was a bit of an extra well, so it was, a, it was a madhouse at, yeah i think that took you like an hour or so to deal uh, with it, it took me almost two hours i think i got to the track temp about 8 45 maybe somewhere maybe close to nine i didn't get into the track and park until about 10 30 and as I was walking through the gate, it was like already like 1045. 10, I was like, oh, my God. I was like, it's just a, it was just so it was so terrible. Yeah. And I was texting Renee like, where are you? Because at this point, I had actually was hanging out with a few NFL players. That's and right. There was there was a, quite a few celebrities there. Yeah. So we went and did a hauler tour of Kyle Larson's hauler. And then from there, I kind of hung out just a little bit. And then we went to the driver's meeting, which was pretty cool. So NASCAR pulled out all the stops for this particular driver's meeting. Typically, when you go to driver's meeting, they're just in the room and there are chairs and the overflow of people stand up in the back behind the driver sitting down. This time NASCAR, because there were so many celebrities in the house, NASCAR built out this gigantic tent and they laid it out almost like a club loungy type feel. So there were all these lounge chairs and things. And so the celebrities and the drivers and the crew chief, all these people were just sitting in the lounge chairs well, I sat down, but I didn't sit in that area because I'm not super VIP yet. You had Terry Crews. You had some of the people from This Is Us. You had Tommy Lee from Motley Crew. Jada Pickett-Smith was in the house. I mean, wow. Uh, a who's a, a it who, was a who's, who's who. who. Wow. Yeah, it really was a who's who. Yeah, that's, so. that, that's awesome. I think the great thing about it is that when they do that, because when you say driver's meeting, Tam, it sounds like, okay, that sounds boring, but it looks like NASCAR like tries to, to do this to make it, I guess, appealing or interesting, right? Yeah, definitely. Here's the thing with Fontana, and we I guess we can just jump right into it. Fontana is actually my least favorite track, even though it's my home track. There's something about Fontana that I just don't like. But there's always amazing racing at Fontana. And if you watched it on TV or if you were there, you witnessed it. It was some great racing towards the end. But I think it's Fontana is so close to LA. And if you're a sports person, you know, LA people, we're finicky. Colin Coward on FS1, you know, he has a show, The Herd. He put it in perspective how LA fans are like with this whole NFL situation with us getting two teams and the announcement that Oakland is actually going to go to Las Vegas. He said that LA, we don't care. And it's sad to say, but we don't really care because we have so much other things going on. Like this is not Kentucky or some small town like Oklahoma City who live and die with their sports team. We don't care in LA. And it's very sad, but this reality that we really don't care. So when you're at a place like Fontana, you're going to have people like you and I who are diehard NASCAR fans who appreciate, we right. just appreciate being there. Yeah, because we then, do. We have, we have fun. Yeah. But then there's that L.A. element where we're just not phased. I don't know how to explain Californians, but we're just very laid back and not phased by a lot of things. So I felt that the energy at Fontana kind of showed that. In some uh, respect. Yeah. And I remember we talked about it while we were at the track. It was just a weird vibe at, at one point. But things did change that I noticed. And when we were standing behind the pits and as we looked around and everybody was up on their feet, everybody was standing like up in the suites, you know, close to the edge. Everybody that was in, you know, the media room that you could see through the windows was standing up. Look at the vibe of that race on Sunday. I mean, it, it literally did a 180 because everybody was trying to see what was going to happen at the end of that race. And lo and behold, let's go right into it and just give Kyle Larson a, a huge round of applause for winning that race. And you picked it, Tam. And you picked it. Yes, your girl, Tam. 
I like to think I know a little bit about NASCAR. <laughs> I mean, you know, let's be honest. Picking a winner in a NASCAR race is almost like guessing how many jelly beans is in a jar. It is kind of next to impossible. I did the impossible and I picked Kyle Larson to win. Like something told me when we were talking last week that Kyle Larson was going to win and he won. And not only did he win, like, let's just take a moment to reflect. Kyle Larson won the Xfinity race. He won the cup race that he was also sitting on the pole for. Like, this is just bananas. And remember at one point, like towards the end, we had a few restarts. And on that, one of those restarts, I think it was Denny Hamlin in front of him. And he was like, get out of my way. I'm going to run you over. He flew right by Denny Hamlin. I don't even know if Denny Hamlin even knew he passed him. He passed him so fast. Yeah. Well, I'm talking about the time where he was like on his bumper. Oh, And it was like, yeah, get out of my way because I got this. Kyle Larson, kudos to him. There was an article that we talked about it, and I'm not saying that other people are listening to the show, but remember I said Kyle was a bridesmaid and never a bride. Right. And there was an article that specifically stated, now people can stop with the he's always a bridesmaid. I was like, I wonder if they're talking to all turns, no breaks. Hmm. But with that being said, he is now the bride that got married in Paris. Like yeah. he did the thing, as we yeah, would he say. Did. He C- did the thing. He did. Congratulations to the number 42, Kyle Larson and his team. They did a hell of a job at the end of that race to, to hold off everybody that was trying to. I mean, there were there were like three, four other drivers that could have easily won. I mean, Martin Truex Jr. raced a good race that day. I mean, we, yeah, were, he I mean, did. we really thought he was going to pull it out. Listeners, this is how we are at a track towards the end. We try to figure out like, okay, who do we think is going to win? And we'll kind of hang out in that pit area. We were actually coincidentally hanging out in Martin Truex pit area. And then we realized like, okay, wait, he may win. But the thing was, is that his pit crew was glued to the monitor in his pit. So we couldn't actually see the TV. And unfortunately, Fontana doesn't have a jumbotron. Right. Not Jeez. in that area, at least. So <laughs> we walked what was maybe two pit stops over to Matt Kenseth's mm-hmm. pit to watch the race. And actually, it was like Kim Coon. There was a few people yeah. kind of standing over there. And then Jamie Little from Fox was actually in Martin Truex pit. So that Fox crew was somewhat blocking the TV, even though they have their own monitor that they kind of walk with. So nonetheless, we're standing in between the two trying to figure out like, okay, wait, where should we go? Where should we go? I looked at Renee and I said, Renee, we probably should head over to Kyle Larson's pit because it at this point, it was evident that he was going to win. Right. But we decided to stay in Matt Kenseth's pit, which worked out perfectly. And then unfortunately, Matt had the accident, which was pretty scary because it was a hard hit. You know, I think we pretty much knew after because we had like, what, three restarts towards the uh, end? Yeah, there was a yeah, I think you're right. I think there was about three of them right at the end of the race. Yeah, but there's a video on our Instagram and Twitter account. And if you haven't visited either one, our username is at Turns No Breaks. The video shows one of the second to last pit stops that Martin Truex did. Mm -hmm. And we captured his pit crew doing the pit. And I looked at Renee and I said, wow, that was pretty slow. I think it was like 15 seconds. It was long. Yeah, it was long. But more importantly, you saw one of his pit guys shaking his head like yeah we messed up yeah and sure enough that's probably what did him in i mean really kyle larson just had the speed so even if he he would have got off in pit road faster kyle has speed yeah and just a quick note on how you were talking about the pit crew and martin tricks jr after that last one that they knew they went long they took too long i think that's the one thing that you can gauge as somebody being there in person, live watching it. And, and I'm thankful that we have the fortunate ability to, to be able to be there and witness that in person because you can really see the body language of how disappointed those guys were. They knew they took way too long to get Martin Truex back out on that track. Yeah. And that, I believe that was the second to last because pit yeah, stop. Yeah, he, he ended he, up ninth coming out, coming off of that. Uh, yeah, that pit stop. indeed. But then he got back up to like second or third, but Kyle Larson just had the speed. I mean, he had the eye of the tiger. There was no stopping him. Like it was clear that 
that guy was going to win. Oh, yeah. <laughs> now, what's really crazy, just really quick, and if you're wondering, Martin Truex didn't even come in second after all that. He actually came in fourth. So just really quick, our top 10, Larson won. Brad Keselowski and Brad kind of came out of no place. He did. It's like, where did Brad come from? And Brad was <laughs> out there, but he was no match for Kyle Larson on Sunday. So you had Kyle Larson in first, Brad Keselowski second. Oh, my man, Clint Boyer. Yeah. Okay, he, you he guys have no idea day. how exciting it was to be on pit road and to see Clint come in for a pit stop and Clint is he's going to win a race. Okay, so let me get back to this top 10 because you, you know I can talk about my man Clint forever. Martin Truex, fourth. Joey Logano, fifth. Okay, side note, they booed Joey Logano like nobody's business during driver's intro. I don't know if I, you, you saw it you watching it know, on TV. If you didn't even know who, who they were booing, you could have guessed easily who they were booing. Yeah, he definitely is NASCAR's new villain. Jamie McMurray... Kyle Larson's teammate came in six. Daniel Suarez, seven, yeah. quietly came in seven. Because I don't think it was much fanfare. But it, then again, we were at the track. We didn't watch it on TV. So right. I'm not quite sure how it was being announced. But, you know, I think kind of quietly came in seventh. Of course, that guy, Kyle Busch, came in eighth. And at one point, Butch kind of got up there, too. He was running. I think he may have led a lap or something. Uh, yeah, he actually led seven laps, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Ryan yeah, Blaney. Right. I... Ryan Blaney came in ninth. The young guys, top 10. And Chase Elliott rounded off the top 10. And Chase, okay, so just really quickly, Kyle Larson led 110 laps. Martin Truex led 73 laps. And as I just mentioned, Kyle Busch led seven laps. But believe it or not, Chase Elliott, as well as Denny Hamlin, also led four laps. Wow. So it's interesting to see all those guys came in top 10. Mm -hmm. But again, Larson just dominated 110 laps. Like at some point you knew it was either going to be Larson or Martin Truex. Right. Let me retract that. I'm sorry. Hamlin did not come in top 10. Oh, really? No, he didn't. Sorry about that. Very interesting. But mostly everyone who led a lap came in top 10 except Hamlin. Oh, wow. That's interesting. I recall him being there towards the end. That, yeah, because remember we were like going back and forth like, boy, Ham Hamlin is in first? Remember he, they came off that restart. He was in first. Yeah. Well, I guess, see, this is the thing about being at the track. As much as I love being at the track and I love the energy, sometimes you just don't catch every single thing because you're waiting on them to come back around. So yeah. the only yeah. thing you can catch is the monitor if you're lucky enough to be standing in the pits. I'm not quite sure how people do it in the stands, but I guess <laughs> most tracks have the jumbotrons, although there is no jumbotron. First of all, do they still call it the jumbotron or are we dating ourselves? No, um, I think they still call it the Jumbotron. Well, what Unless do they, they call it in Jerry's world since you're a Cowboys fan? Right. <laughs> Nonetheless, so and just adding on to our top 10 and our lap leaders, Kyle Larson actually won the first stage and Martin Truex won the second stage. And obviously the last stage was won by Kyle Larson. So, you know, for those of you who are keeping up with the stages. Yeah. The stage racing, because I guess, you know, you're getting points. So you might as well, well try to lead as many stages as possible. Yeah. And it's so funny how, and I know like when it comes down to it, you always want to walk away with a checkered flag. I totally understand that. If, I mean, if I'm a driver, I'd want to walk away with a checkered flag. But in the stage thing, it it's almost like it makes sense to try to win as many stages as you can in case that you don't win the last stage where you get to walk away with a checkered flag because you you accumulate all these points and then at the end if you have enough points you're still in the chase you're still in the playoff and that's what's so crazy you know what i mean and, and i know some people don't put any stock into it but it, i'm like look dude you can you can still get into the, the playoff at the end of the season it, it, as long as you get you know points you don't necessarily yeah. have to win the, and the, if, the, you, know, you know the race and of, and of course as long as we don't have what is it 16 winners right because after the winners, it goes on points. But you guys know that. You're savvy. So let's talk about Clint. How about my man Clint? Clint. He raced good. Ow. <laughs> <laughs> he, 
He raced really good, Tam. I know this is crazy, but I'm still getting used to not seeing Tony in the 14. Like, every time I see the number 14, I'm still thinking Tony Stewart. And I'm like, oh, wait, holy crap. My other man, Clint Boyer, is behind the wheel. Right. So I just wish, honestly, this is something that would have been the ultimate for me as a Tony Stewart and Clint Boyer fan. I wish that Tony was still racing and Clint was still racing and they were both on the track together. That would be really, really awesome to have back on that. That track. would have been awesome. Um, now, if they had to give up a spot, I would have just said, hey, give Clint Danica's car. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Um, and there and, it is. <laughs> yeah, it was her birthday. Happy belated birthday, Danica. Happy belated birthday, Danica. You know, we're not Danica haters. We're just not Danica, Danica fans. fans. Moving on. Clint's having fun. At one point, I was like, holy crap, Clint could win. He's not there yet, but it's amazing that him and his team, they've gelled together so quickly. Like, mm. he really is, it's coming together. So a win for Clint is just a matter of time. Yeah, and the and fact that he's having fun, that's all that matters. Right. And when you asked the question last week in our episode, I believe it was last week or it might have been the week before when you asked if Clint Board would win a race this year. I think because of what you just said, because of the fun that he's having, and he's just like, it's like he's a... A young Clint Boyer again, if I may say that. I think that energy is just motivating to him where I think he will win a race. And I think it's because of that. I see him winning a race this year. I really do. I have him winning a race. And speaking of winning races, one thing I want to say, I think I may have somehow, some way, I keep forgetting that Kyle Larson won a race last year. Right. And I think a few episodes last year, I forgot and may have been still saying who's going to win a race first, Kyle Larson or Chase Elliott. <laughs> I'm not quite sure how I forgot that Kyle Larson won in Michigan last year, but it just seemed very uneventful because even now with all the celebration, people act like this is his first cup win. Well, yesterday it seemed like it was his first because the way that the crowd reacted and even some of the drivers were so proud of the kid. But I think it was just nice to see him because of all the second places that he's gotten so far and then um, he actually won it. So. Well, let's uh, talk about the young drivers. And another thing is, it's hard to believe, you know, he's actually been racing in Cup four years full time. Oh, wow. It just seems like, I yeah. don't know, like. That came by fast, right? <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, and he's actually, because he raced a few races. So really, technically, this is his fifth year, but this is like his fourth year full time. Yeah. Like, time is just going by fast. I mean, it's even hard to believe Chase Elliott now is is a sophomore yeah At, god these guys are so young i mean it's almost like how you were talking about you know these 15 year olds that are over there just racing and and you forget like guys like chase elliott is like i mean he's in his early 20s and you're like dude you're like <laughs> these guys are so young and when we talk about guys like clint boyer and jimmy johnson and, and kevin harvick and i mean which these guys are not old by any means don't get me wrong but as far as drivers and comparing them to you know guys like kyle larson and um, chase elliott they seem old but i mean it's amazing how you see that and these young drivers are doing so well just like when you rattled off the top 10 i mean look how many young drivers were up there i mean even you know the guys uh the three amigos that we talk about daniel was up there eric jones actually had a pretty decent day so these guys are really doing well Speaking of our three amigos, at least one of the three is showing up. And that one is the person who I predicted would win a race out of the three or at least do the best this year. And that's Daniel Suarez. Can't say much about Ty Dillon and Eric Jones, but Daniel is consistently showing up now that he's gotten the hang of what this cup thing is all about. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I figured it was going to take him a little bit, you know, to uh, to get used to the feel of actually being on that kind of a level. But he seems like he's he's gotten it really, really quick. And and like we've always talked about, I mean, NASCAR loves this kid. They really do. And, and, and this whole diversity thing that comes up around him, it's amazing because it's one thing that I noticed, and I meant to tell you this actually, Tam, on Sunday, as I was waiting for you to come out of the driver's meeting, and I had time to walk around and just kind of like uh, go through the shops and see what they had and stuff. There were a lot of, a lot of uh, uh, Latino people there buying 
Daniel Suarez stuff. And immediately I went, oh my goodness. I was like, it's already starting to happen where Latinos are coming to the races and they're buying his merchandise. They're buying his lanyards. They're buying his hats. They're buying his t-shirts. And it's crazy. And not just Latinos, even some of the other people that were there buying stuff. And I was like, wow. I was like, it's happening. On that note, I do want to say diversity is working, but I'm feeling a little left out. And I was thinking about this earlier today. There's a NASCAR Latina handle, you know, username on Twitter. Where do I fit in? And I, I don't, I don't want to talk about it because obviously we don't really tackle that type of stuff too deeply. But I will say I thought about it today. I'm like, yeah, there's this whole push for NASCAR Latinos, but there's no push for other people. Right. As in Black Americans, Japanese Americans, there are more NASCAR fans out there that are diverse aside from the Latina population. Right, Latino. you are correct. But, you know, that's just a complete side note. So, oh, wait, we didn't talk about Dale Jr., can you believe Dell Jr. Jr. had his 600 start? Yeah, how about that? That is pretty mind-boggling. You know, <laughs> it is, we can right? go on and on, but I'm just going to get straight to the point. What do you think about Dell Jr.'s legacy? Is he Hall of Fame worthy? I think just because of Dale Jr. being Dale Jr. and being such a great um, face, ambassador, an ambassador to the sport, I think. And, you know, his father's legacy standing in, in all that jazz. Dale Jr. is just one of these guys who are just, I mean, how could you not like this guy? He's Well, we like him, but the question is, is he Hall of Fame worthy? And my answer is yes, I think he is. I think you just kind of take everything as far as, you know, what he's done in his career personally. Is, but as what has as... he really done? He's not won a championship. True. Yeah. But uh, I just... It would be hard not to put him in, don't you think? I mean, just because it's Dale Jr.? I, I mean, does that sound right? I don't know. I mean... Well, I mean, he's, what is he, 16 times he's been voted most popular driver. I mean, he has won some of the bigger races, like, you know, the 500. Has he won the 600, the Coca-Cola 600? I believe so. I love Dale Jr. I love his personality, especially more so now than ever, because he's kind of come out of his shell and... You're like, dang, Dale is funny. You know, he has personality. He is Dale Jr. But mm -hmm. the reality is, is that he hasn't really won much. Not like that. Right. But it's amazing to even really think about and reflect on the fact that Dale Jr. has raced in 600 races. Yeah. It's pretty mind boggling. That is. That's a heck of a lot of driving races. <laughs> so NASCAR is going back east because we're going to Martinsville. What's very interesting, if you recall last week, I was like, yeah, NASCAR should do a campaign about going back east. And sure enough, guess what I saw? I saw the hashtag NASCAR goes back east. And I was like, is somebody listening to the show? Because I, I don't right? recall NASCAR <laughs> goes back east last year. I don't remember ever seeing that. For those who are a little bit confused as to what I'm talking about, in episode 34 last week, I actually said that NASCAR should create a campaign to touch on going back east. So like NASCAR goes west, now NASCAR goes east. Right. So really interesting Somebody's to see. Somebody's listening. <laughs> of course. You know, why wouldn't they listen to us? I'm super intelligent. You're super smart. We, we know love, NASCAR. Yes, and we love the sport, and uh, we love talking about it. That's what this podcast is all about, right, Tam? I mean, this is a podcast for fans by fans. We love the sport just as much as you do, and that's why we come here each and every week, and we break it down the way that you guys like to break it down. And I mean, we have fun. We really do. It's, it's, we uh, really it's, do, Renee. I mean, we were so excited watching the last few laps on pit road, and I know people were looking like, yeah, why are they acting like fans? Because we are fans. <laughs> It, we, because we it, were high fiving and we whispering, like, and it was like we were you know, two yeah. children back there. Just <laughs> yeah, I mean, because it was exciting. What was interesting, kind of going back to what we talked about a bit earlier about Fontana, like pit road was empty. Mm, it yeah. wasn't like super empty, but not like we're used to when we go to a race. 
You know, and then towards the end, it was like, where is everybody? Yeah, I mean, I and there like, were a few people that we knew who came to the race. They were out. They were like, yeah, I'm going to beat traffic. Me yeah. and Renee was like, beat traffic? How are you going to leave when the race is this good? Yeah. It's, for a moment, I kind of understood what, like, why they were leaving. But then right after that, I'm thinking, oh, man, how do you leave at this point of the race? I'm like, oh, it's just getting good. I'm, I couldn't even imagine leaving. If somebody, they would have to force me to leave. I, I, there's no way I would have, I would have left. I mean, we were just yeah. having way too much fun. We stayed pretty much what maybe an hour and a half after mm -hmm. the race. Mm -hmm. Sure did. Yeah, because we went. You know, when the cars lined up back on pit road before they went to the garages for post race inspection, we were out there. Then we went to Victory Lane and we messed around and was taking photos on the track. Mm -hmm. No, we were not leaving early. And I don't know about you, Renee, because we didn't talk about it. But believe it or not, I wasn't in any traffic. Like, I literally came out. Traffic was good. And I may have been in two minutes of traffic when I first got on the highway. But aside from that, it was easy breezy. Yeah, I will have to admit that when I got was getting out of the parking lot where I parked, it took me maybe 20 minutes to get out of the parking lot. And then maybe not even five minutes to get to the freeway. And the only reason why I got into traffic at some point wasn't even anywhere near the track. The traffic was absolutely very easy and very good. And I hit like an accident that had happened like way down, like in Pasadena somewhere. So it wasn't even anywhere near Fontana. But uh, I was really surprised at how that traffic really kind of dispersed very nicely. <laughs> yeah, it actually did. And Renee mentioned Pasadena. Pasadena is a suburb of Los Angeles County, and it's probably about 35, 40 miles. About, no, it's probably, probably more, like more than that. 40 mm -hmm. miles from Fontana. So that's not bad at all. So while we're talking about NASCAR goes east, and I don't, well, actually, this is not a good segue, but hey, you know what? I tried. I wanted <laughs> to talk about the article that came out about retaliation from drivers and about Danica basically telling NASCAR she wants her money back because she was kind of upset about the lack of penalties with Austin Dillon last week in the Xfinity race, as well as with Kyle and Joy Logano. What do you think about all the ruckus with the retaliation, you know, um, or NASCAR not actually coming down with any punishment? Do you feel like NASCAR is sending a mixed signal? Because you, you don't, you can't figure out like what, when are you going to be punished and when are you aren't going to be punished. Yeah, I think it's kind of a fine line that they're walking here. But then the incident too was kind of fine line. So me personally, I'm going to stand in NASCAR's corner on this one. And Tam, we talked about it when that whole incident went down between Kyle and, and uh, Joey. It was tough to watch, watching the replay of how that whole thing unfolded. So I understood in the heat of the moment why Kyle was pissed off. But to walk over there, punch Joey, and then that whole scuffle that happened when Joey's crew tackled Kyle to the floor. Maybe if you were going to penalize them for something, maybe that. But then again, Danica's trying to come in and go, well, well, to me, it's almost like she's going, well, come on, you know, you're not going to punish these boys. I don't necessarily. Well, I think she's, not to cut you off right now, I think she's more upset about the situation where Austin Dillon pretty much kind of ramming his car well he didn't really ram it but you know oh okay yeah 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 i don't know i mean i get where she's coming from nascar does not have a clear they make things up as they go we all know this about yeah, nascar th that's nascar's kind of always been that way i believe i don't think you should be penalized because you know it's it's a part of racing i mean not punching people in the face but but yeah, just the, the fire that they have, the competitive that they have. And the, and I understand the juices get flowing, but uh, I mean... Yeah, I think yeah. everything is a case by case. I mean, I know it's, exactly. you shouldn't do things that way, but I think it should be the NASCAR way. Yeah. You know, it, it's just a reality. That's just how NASCAR is. And to be honest, it's good for ratings. Look, and speaking, <laughs> look, speaking of ratings, <laughs> hey, I'm you sure know so, what? I'm sure that... somebody pulled Danica to the side and go, look, uh, we need that right now. So we're just going to keep quiet. <laughs> yeah, that fight took NASCAR to a whole nother level in terms of just the media coverage that mm -hmm. week. TMZ covered the fight. So 
when TMZ is covering the fight and not on TMZ Sports, it was actually on TMZ on the TV TMZ. So, hey, you know what? I'm not mad. You Sometimes you just got to retaliate. And we were actually kind of going to go into ratings because I think I said, speaking of ratings, ratings are still down. Mm. It To me, it's been some really good racing. Although Phoenix, I think, was a... But, you know, the fight made up for it. <laughs> yeah, wait, I think so, no, too. Wait, yeah, was the fight what... in Phoenix or Vegas? No, no, no. It was uh, Vegas. and then. Uh, okay, and that... wait. I was in Vegas. How did I forget? Wow. Yeah, okay. Right. Oh, the Phoenix race, I thought, was a... Uh, it wasn't... I don't know. It wasn't like... Oh. Okay, wait. We're in the fifth race. Sometimes it all starts to run together. I watch <laughs> entirely too much NASCAR. I know. Because oh. I get a little like, wait, great... what happened? <laughs> it just, you know, it's every week. You know, so ratings are still down, although NASCAR is kind of off to a good start. You know, you got some publicity. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, we, Kurt we, Busch. We, just, we, we need some more fights. That's what we need. <laughs> well, I mean, you think about it. Jimmy Johnson is going for his eighth championship. Kurt Busch won the 500. Joy he got punched in the face, even though he say he didn't, by Kyle Busch. Mm. Kyle Larson won a race. Like you got a bunch of storylines, but exactly, it's like what, ratings what's are next? still down. Yeah, what's next? You know, I but mean, I think ratings are down for all sports except they say the NCAA tournament is up thirty five percent, but all the other ratings for like NFL was down, NBA is down. So I don't know what to think. What do you think, Renee? I think uh, it could be an, a number of any of those that you touched on as far as like, you know, whether it's the, and people are just watching NCAA for some reason and not watching anything else. But if you're seeing it a consistency throughout all the sports, then I wouldn't worry about it too much in the sense of like, OK, then it's just NASCAR. If it was just NASCAR's ratings going down, then I think NASCAR should be worried. But uh, I mean, from a NASCAR fan point of view, I think all the storylines that you just rattled off to me that that got me excited just listening to that. So I and that's why I was saying that's why I was adding my two cents and go, well, yeah, exactly. Those are fantastic headlines or storylines. And then you go. So then what's next? So that's why you want to watch the next race. You're like, what's going to happen next week? And then what's going to happen the week after that? You know, I think you always come you always come to a, a point where you're going, OK, that was a boring race. But uh, I mean, that's neither here nor there. But I, I guess what I'm my point is, is that if you're going to have ratings across the board that are kind of like down, then as a NASCAR, per, uh, if I was NASCAR, uh, I, I wouldn't worry about it too much. Do you think it has anything to do with the network? Well, you know, here's my thing about NASCAR. I know it comes on Fox Sports 1 because I actually watch Fox Sports 1. But as somebody who may not have cable and the race is on Fox Sports 1, how am I supposed to watch the race? Right. You know, I think, too, with a lot of the rating situation, people aren't taking into consideration that the masses are unplugging because it's expensive to have DirecTV or Comcast or whatever you have in your area. It's expensive to have cable. So a lot of people are unplugging. Wonder when they're doing these ratings, are they taking in consideration people watching on the Internet and things like that? Or or maybe on their mobile apps or something. Yeah, because, you know, I mean, think about like in the summer, I'm usually gone for a good portion. I I take off, what, a month during the summer? For our new listeners, I travel a lot internationally. But during the summer months, I may go for five or six weeks. You know, I think in my my other past life, I was European because I vacation like the Europeans do. Yeah. (laughs) The only Americans take one week off for a holiday most people in other parts of the world namely europe they take off for a minimum five or six weeks so typically in the summer i'm off and i kind of watch the races however i can which is typically on the internet when i'm in another country so just curious to know if they actually take that into consideration right so where are we We it is time time for for fan comment of the week well, yes, it is time for our fan comment of the week and for some predictions. So I'm going to take our fan comment from 
the track, if you can believe that, as well as from our Twitter account. So Renee and I were minding our own business and we come across some writing on the wall. And if you've ever been to a NASCAR race, fans love to write on the wall. They write on the pit stalls, they write on the garages, they write wherever they can. And this comment basically was all about your boy, NASCAR's villain, Joey Logano. So one fan wrote, go Logano, number 22 Ruse, win this one for Connecticut. Wow. And right next to that one, it was F dot 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 Logano. (laughs) He is very much the villain. He has a tremendous fan following, but for every fan, I feel like he has a hater. You know, people definitely agree with that. Yeah, people right now are just not feeling Joy Logano. So interesting enough, I posted the photo that I took of the graffiti on the wall and I wrote, there are two types of NASCAR fans, those who root for Joy Logano and those who hate him. Which one are you? Got a few interesting responses. One of them is so graphic, I'm not even going to read, <laughs> but one's that bad, basi- huh? yeah, one basically said, I'm sorry, I don't like the number 22, never have, don't hate me. And that came from Joanne McKnight on the Twitter, and she pretty much put it in perspective. I feel like you either love Joy or you hate Joy. Now, another commenter wrote, and this is John Hickson, he wrote, no one I want to root for drives a Chevy. So I just root against guys. <laughs> so, and his user is at Johnny Nuke, N-U-K-E. That's pretty interesting because we don't really get a lot of that like we used to. Well, older NASCAR fans, they don't like Toyota in the discussion. They're mainly Chevy and Ford type of people. Mm-hmm. But to actually read a comment like that now is like, oh, that's interesting. What else did we get? So I guess I could read the graphic one. I just won't read the words. So he says, I'm definitely in the F dot 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 Logano camp, LOL, as in laugh out loud. And while we're at it, F dot 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 Kyle Bush too. Wish they'd wreck each other out Saturday. So this guy clearly doesn't like either one. What's really interesting, Kyle Bush was the villain up until two years ago when he had the accident in Daytona and kind of fought his way back to win the championship. Yeah. But Joey replaced him. Let's face it, Joey's been disliked for a couple of years, Mm -hmm. but now it's at an all-time high. Right. Because remember, at one point we were talking about Brad Keselowski being that guy, which he was. But for some reason, him getting married and having, you know, his daughter and stuff, it just like seemed like it changed him. And we were wondering if Joey was going to like step in and actually be that villain. Not that we were asking him to, but you could already see it coming before that, though. This just just didn't happen two races ago when when him and Kyle Busch got into it. Joey has already been building this reputation up for years. So this is nothing new, right? (laughs) No, not at all. But the interesting thing is I don't think that Kozlowski was ever becoming the villain. Kozlowski just always has something to say. He's like, I always say, he's that guy in the chemistry class that when the teacher asks a question, always has his hands up. Like, you know, that's Kozlowski. Like, I like him. I think he can drive. He's never, to me, been borderline villain. He's just always had something to say. Joy is truly NASCAR's new villain. Think about it. Yeah. Who, aside from Kyle Busch, that is currently running that you hate? Well, that would be a great poll question to ask the, our listeners on the Twitter. <laughs> yeah, I should post that. So let's move on because we've talked a lot this episode. Let's get down to some predictions, predictions, predictions for Martinsville. It's time for Tam and Renee's Race Predictions. Renee, who do you have? Who are you going Mart- with? Innsville. We are in Martinsville this weekend, Tam. I'm going to be honest with you. If there's one guy that I would love to pick is Kyle Larson. I don't know why I want to pick this kid because he's just red hot. 
Uh, I mean, just the coming in second and the coming in second and the coming in second. And then he finally wins it. And I can't imagine like how awesome he feels, not just individually, but that entire crew, that entire camp, they have to be like on a high. And I think when you get on a high like that, you, you can rattle. I mean, you know, let's be honest, Tam, you could, you could rattle off wins in a row over and over and over when you're hot, you're hot. I mean, Jimmy Johnson has been doing it for years. So Kevin Harvick has done it, you know, for years. I can totally see Kyle Larson doing that. And I want to pick Kyle Larson, but I'm not. I will tell you that I am picking Kyle Larson as my dark horse, but to win this particular race coming up in Martinsville, I'm feeling Brad Kislowski. And I don't know what it is, but because we talked about it, how he just came out of nowhere and could have won that race easily on Sunday, Kislowski and, and Logano are just those guys that are like, they always show up in the end and you're like, well, where did he come from? And they're always there. And that's why I'm going with Brad. I'm going I'm going with the number two to win this race. And, and I'm going with Kyle Larson as my dark horse. Okay, so Renee has the number two and the number 42. Interesting picks. I don't think Kyle is quite ready for a back-to-back. So he's definitely not going to be my pick. But before I actually tell you my picks, it is time for our past 10, our history lesson. A little history lesson in session. So we... As in us, NASCAR, NASCAR fans, we race twice a year in Martinsville. We race typically around late March, early April for the first time in the season. And the second time is in October. So I'm going to give you the past 10 winners for the first race of the year in Martinsville. So 2016, we had Kyle Busch. 2015, we had Denny Hamlin. 2014, we had Kurt Busch. 2013, we had Jimmy Johnson. 2012, we had Ryan Newman. 2011, Kevin Harvick. 2010, Denny Hamlin. 2009, Jimmy Johnson. 2008, Hamlin. And 2007, Jimmy Johnson. Now, what's interesting is that Jimmy Johnson is a nine-time winner in Martinsville. And you heard me mention Denny Hamlin's name a lot as well. He's actually a five-time winner in Martinsville. Yeah, nine times Jimmy Johnson has dominated in Martinsville. Believe it or not, his first win came in 2014. And his last win was actually last year in October of 2016. So this guy pretty much has been a winner in Martinsville over 12 years. (laughs) Well, we already know. Last week, so... (laughs) Well, we know that's your favorite driver, but you have to go with your picks. You picked your picks, so exactly. stick I, with I'm your picks. To my guns. I'm sticking to it. I'm sticking to my guns. One interesting fact, too, we talked about car manufacturers earlier. Chevy has, for the most part, dominated Martinsville. Dominated. Like, they've won pretty much all the races over the last 15 years at Martinsville. So pretty interesting. So on that note, you guys want to know who I'm going with? Drum roll, please. Yeah, you know what? I'm going to pick my man Chase Elliott because I feel like Chase is not having it. Cal Larson as a one. It's time for Chase to win. So Chase is my Number one man, he is my pick. And shout out to his dad, Bill Elliott, awesome Bill from Dawsonville. I saw him when I was actually coming out of Kyle Larson's hauler. He was at the hauler, maybe one down, and he was taking photos with fans. And there was this young little boy who was like, can I take a photo? And it was so cute. And I was like, oh, my God, that's awesome, Bill. (laughs) He's so awesome. That's awesome. (laughs) That's a good, that's a good story. Yeah, I have a lot of photos. Oh, first of all, I don't know why we didn't talk about this earlier when we were talking about celebrities and fans and stuff. I posted this photo on our Twitter account, but I have a really cool photo of the King Richard Petty without his hat. I've never seen him without his hat, except in old photos from back in the day. Richard Petty has seen himself without his hat on. (laughs) Yeah, it was interesting. But, you you know, I almost didn't recognize him. But as somebody wrote, you could not not recognize that smile. Yeah. Because he's always smiling. You know, he's a towering figure because he's pretty tall. Yeah. You know, not, he's he's tall. Like, I, I think he's probably about, what, 6'3", 
something like that. But yeah, Taller so than I am, that's for sure. Yeah, Renee is what are you, Renee? Five five, five six. Um, closer to five six, but yeah. Oh, Renee. <laughs> okay, so you guys have my pick as Chase Elliott and my dark horse. You know, I want to go with Clint. Can wow. I have two dark horses this week? Is it possible? Hey, you could. I mean, that was a pretty good pick last week, and look how it, that came out. So I think you're good. I'm going with Clint Boyer. Something's telling me to go with Denny Hamlin, but I don't think you can have two dark horses. So if Denny does win, just remember I did say Denny's name. Uh, but as a dark, dark horse. <laughs> yeah, but I'm going to go with Chase Elliott and my man, Clint Boyer. I always want to call him Mr. Five Hour Energy, but he's no longer Mr. Five Hour Energy. Yeah, he's Mr. True. Mobile One. I know. You know, when we were standing behind the pits and I saw that Five Hour Energy, I kept thinking Clint Boyer the whole time. <laughs> man, that was like the perfect sponsor for him like mm -hmm. he had you know i mean great he he has some great sponsors now but he was mr five hour energy like i need five hour energy to come back but i guess you know they're the primary sponsor and they can't be the primary sponsor with him because he you know is with mobile one right. but yeah so those are our predictions and you have heard all our stories from fontana so yes. we probably won't go to any races for the next couple of weeks because we've already been to more than enough considering the season just started. As of now, I do believe I will be in Talladega, which is not until, I, th I think that's three races or four races from now. Mm -hmm. But who knows, we may pop up at another race between now and then, but for sure I'll be in Talladega. And then I have to figure out the rest of the schedule because it's grueling. It is grueling. And uh, I think uh, when you get on the road and you start traveling to a lot of these tracks uh, week after week or every other week or uh, on a consistent basis, it gets really, really tiring. And it's just the traveling and, and the packing and the unpacking. Of course, I know by just uh, traveling, doing, you know, stand up and everything. And I mean, you you literally live in and out of a suitcase and in and out of hotels. But with that being said, we are going to try to, you know, get back to a couple of the races later in the year as the year goes on. I mean, we're like you said, Tam, we're we're just starting the first half of the season. So a lot of races uh, to come, a lot of races to go to. And if you have a prediction, if you want to give us a dark horse, hit us up on our social media pages. Tam will tell you how to find that out. And Tam, where can they find us? Each week, Renee says, Tam will tell you where to find us. Well, he can just tell you where to find us. Mm -hmm, but for true. real, we're at <laughs> I turns, like the way you say it, though. <laughs> we're at Turns No Breaks on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Make sure to give us a shout out on Facebook. You guys love us on Twitter because we love you on Twitter. But we need to see you on Facebook. And we also need to see you in our comments on iTunes. Leave us a comment. Tell us that you like the show or tell us that you don't like the show. But but either way, you know, give us some feedback so we know what we should do if we need to do some things better. Oh, also, too, before we go, we are going to be giving away more items. Yes, that is correct. We have a bunch of Valvoline items to give away to you. Fantastic stuff. We always love giveaway stuff through our social media. It keeps us uh, interacting with you guys that listen to our podcast. And Tam, I can't say this enough uh, because I know I can speak for you as well. We always love to have our old listeners, new listeners. Please pass it on. If you know anybody else that loves NASCAR the way you do, the way that w we do, please let them know. And please turn them on to our podcast, All Turns No Breaks. And with that being said, we will see you next week. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for tuning in with Tam and Renee. 